All right. So Diane like had a great precursor actually to what I'm going to be talking about today because it is one of our more complicated national holidays is coming up this week. And I think it can be hard, at least for me as a follower of Jesus, to just kind of figure out how to handle a holiday that is both widely celebrated, uh, but also deeply painful for our indigenous friends. And some of those are our fellow congregants here at Blue Ocean. We have at least three indigenous um, members, as well as uh, some other of you who I know that's part of a layer of your identity. And um, this morning, I want to offer like one way of reimagining maybe how we can talk about Thanksgiving and with our kids if we have them. And maybe we can reorient our celebrations to help us honor our First Nations, um, honor First Nations people instead of perpetuating the myth that like pilgrims and Indians had some kind of, you know, blissful relationship. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer three quick thoughts. And then I'm going to orient us to something called the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving Address. Um, and then we're going to listen to that together and respond to it. So first quick thought before we do that is that one of the most basic tenets of Judeo-Christian faith is telling the truth. And so I think it's important that we remember together each year as a church community that the stories that are often told about this holiday are false and harmful and that we name that and that we name that many of us who are white, if not most, had ancestors who enacted genocide against the native people. And so we tell that truth to ourselves and we tell that truth to our kids because spiritual maturity means that we start with what actually is, right? Not what we wish were because healing and reconciliation can't even start to take place without that. The second thought is that the idea of a holiday about gratitude and thanksgiving is actually really beautiful, right? I think it's worthy of being commemorated with a feast every year. And I think it's a really deeply spiritual ritual right, to annually, annually give collective thanks to God for everything that we have. You know, so much of American culture embraces the scarcity mindset. You know, if you've read anything by Brene Brown, you've seen her like catalog this very well. This idea that we aren't enough, that we don't have enough, um, but we are enough and we do have enough. And we remember that most fully when we make gratitude a habit. And the Apostle Paul wrote this in First Thessalonians. I'll paste this into the uh, chat. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, so it's this idea of having this sort of continual attitude of thanks, and that helps remind us um, of what we do have. The third thought that I have is that, in my humble opinion, one of the most glaring blind spots of American Christianity is its lack of humility right, especially in relation to other faiths. And we see this accentuated in the history of how Christianity has interacted with indigenous peoples in the United States, right? That like missionaries and quote unquote, good Christian people, right? Our Christian forebears felt like they needed to like teach the native Americans because Christians had like the corner on God. And so Christians often separated indigenous kids away from their families and sent them to boarding schools to be Christianized and to be taught, you know, quote unquote, a better way. And the fruit of that here a few generations later is a lot of trauma, a lot of addiction, generational poverty. 
And so in the spirit of humility, um, I suggest that as Christians, we actually have a lot to learn from our indigenous siblings. And if we had started there, we would have avoided a lot of this harm. And so one of the things that I've been learning from the native peoples is how to do gratitude better because many indigenous cultures are not cultures of scarcity, but cultures of gratitude. That's actually come up in several of the books that I've been reading by indigenous authors lately. So in that braiding sweetgrass group that some of us have been reading together, um, we've read about this Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address. And this address isn't for like the American holiday of Thanksgiving, right? So the name of it is not actually like for this holiday, the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address is way older than that. It's a thousand years old by some accounts. And the Haudenosaunee are also known as the Iroquois Confederacy of Six Nations. Here, let me put, I'll copy and paste just so you can see this. Right, so it includes the Mohawk, the Oneida, the Cayuga, the Onondaga, the Seneca, and the Tuscarora tribes. And this Thanksgiving address reflects their relationship of giving thanks for life and for the world around them. So the Haudenosaunee, they open and close every social and religious meeting that they have with this Thanksgiving address. And they've done this for almost a millennia, right? So this is like a mindset that permeates the relationship with the whole world. So we're gonna read it together in a moment, but I think a good question to ask before we do is, is it cultural appropriation for a church to read this Thanksgiving address together. And so in this case, I am going to say, I don't think that it is. Um, Robin Wall Kimmerer, who's the botanist who wrote Braiding Sweetgrass, she's from the Potawatomi tribe. She wrote this and I'm gonna share you the whole quote with you just so you can see what, what, uh, what she had learned. She said, because I feared overstepping my boundaries in sharing what I've been told about the Haudenosaunee address, she said, I asked permission to write about it and how it's influenced my own thinking. And over and over, I was told that these words are a gift of the Haudenosaunee to the world. When I asked Onondaga faith keeper Oren Lyons about it, he gave it his signature slightly bemused smile and said, of course you should write about it. It's supposed to be shared. Otherwise, how can it work? We've been waiting 500 years for people to listen, like since the white people came. Right? If they'd understood the Thanksgiving then, we wouldn't be in this mess. Right? So the address is a call and response that they do. And I'll, I'll warn you, it's a little bit long, but it's really lovely. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Caroline to copy and paste it into the chat one verse at a time. And so I'm going to read the address, like I'll read the verses. And then at the end of each verse, there's a response. And the response is, now our minds are one. So I'll invite you guys to say, now our minds are one together, if you'd like to participate. Of course, you never have to say anything you don't want to say or participate, but if you'd like to, we'll say that together. Um, one more note, I think that for Americans and for Christians, it can sometimes feel weird to talk like to nature as if it's alive. You're talking about like mother earth, brother sun, grandmother moon. Um, but you know, there's personification of nature in our scriptures as well. I'm gonna put a verse from Isaiah. This is one that stuck with me because there was a song to this verse that my dad used to sing a lot. You'll go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. All right, so it's the idea that nature is alive and is interacting with us. And I actually think it's helpful to animate nature because in our tradition, 
you know, we say that everything is alive in Jesus. And we say everything in creation finds its being in Jesus. Uh, but we don't have like a great way in our culture or our language to kind of understand that in the same way. And so I think this captures a way of thinking about the world and of relating to it that sometimes gets lost in our cultural translation. So as we read it, I just wanna invite you to pay attention to the way that the Haudenosaunee talk about like our reciprocal relationship with the creation. And maybe you'll pick out a phrase or two and then just think about it or ponder it over the next few days here. So here we are gonna go. Let's read the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address, greetings to the natural world. Today, we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We've been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one, as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. And now together, now our minds are one. We are all thankful to our mother, the earth, for she gives us all that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us as she has from the beginning of time. To our mother, we send greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the spirit of water. Now our minds are one. We turn our minds to all the fish of, um, I'm sorry, we turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that we can still find pure water. So we turn now to the fish and send our greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give thanks and we look forward to seeing plant life for many generations to come. Now our minds are one. With one mind, we turn to honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans, and berries have helped the people survive. Many other living things draw strength from them too. We gather all the food plants together as one and send them a greeting of thanks. Now our minds are one. Now we turn to all the medicine herbs of the world. From the beginning, they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy. There are still among us those special few who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the medicines and to the keepers of the medicines. Now our minds are one. We gather our minds together to send greetings and thanks to all the animal life in the world. They have many things to teach us as people. We are honored by them when they give up their lives so that we may use their bodies as food for our people. We see them near our homes and in the deep forests. We are glad they are still here and we hope that it will always be so. Now our minds are one. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees who have their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, others with fruit, beauty, and other useful things. Many people of the world use the tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we greet and thank the tree life. Now our minds are one. 
We put our minds together as one and we thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. The creator gave them beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader. To all the birds from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. We are thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help us to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and thanks to the four winds. Now our minds are one. We send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the sun. Each day without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He is the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the sun. Now our minds are one. We put our minds together to give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon, who lights the nighttime sky. She is the leader of women all over the world and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on earth. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. Now our minds are one. We give thanks to the stars who are spread across the sky like jewelry. We see them in the night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. With our minds gathered together as one, we send greetings and thanks to the stars. Now our minds are one. We gather our minds to greet and thank the enlightened teachers who have come to help throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live as people. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. Now our minds are one. Now we turn our thoughts to the creator or great spirit and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on this mother earth. For all the love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one, and we send our choicest words of greetings and thanks to the creator. Now our minds are one. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we've named, it was not our intention to leave anything out. If something was forgotten, we leave it to each individual to send such greetings and thanks in their own way. Now our minds are one. Isn't that like one of the most beautiful things that you've ever heard? And can you imagine if you had grown up saying that several times in your life, sort of the orientation that would give you? You know, something that I was thinking that I'll offer as a closing thought was that in the Jewish scriptures, all of creation is depicted as God's temple, right? All of creation is the temple of God. And we saw this actually... Um, I was thinking this as Avery was reading the scripture this morning, right, from Psalm 100. Come through the gates to his temple and give thanks to him. Enter his courtyards with songs of praise, right? That's like, like be in creation with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. And then later, like in the Song of Songs in the New Testament, that temple is also our bodies, right? So this temple of God is the creation and it's us as part of that creation. We are not separate from it. We are very much part of it. It's this interconnection of all living things. And so what I learned from the Haudenosaunee is how to better think about this interconnectedness and to place myself in this posture of just continual gratitude. And so 
may we do our part, you know, to help right the wrongs that have been done um, to the people who have generously shared this wisdom with us.